0: I think there's a fallacy. Unless you work for the government, maybe, Uh, I'm not sure any W2 is secured. There's a risk uh, to be laid up. Even though I was a a loyal employee for over 20 years and middle management, that didn't count.
1: You are an engineer. You're smart. You've worked hard you've been dedicated to one of the world's most needed professions and now it's your turn to build some passive income this is engineers that invest you want financial freedom and security and we're about to teach you how to do it through investing in commercial real estate On this show, you'll get educated and inspired on building that passive income. Get ready to learn how to retire on your own terms. This is Engineers That Invest. And now your host, Nde Kimbang.
2: Bonjour. (laughs) Welcome back to another episode of Engineers That Invest. I'm your host. And just like every week, I'm here to serve up a feast of financial insights some engineering genius, and a pinch of humor to top it off. And remember, we're on a mission to help 1,000 engineers create passive income through commercial real estate by 2030, empowering you to spend more time with your family. Now, you might recall in our last episode, we served up seven scrumptious reasons why engineers should invest in commercial real estate. If you missed it, trust me, you'll want to go back and catch that because it was a treat. And speaking of treats, we have a little gift for you. By heading over to engineersthatinvest.com, you can grab our free guide, engineering your wealth, a guide to building passive income through multifamily investing. It's the perfect blueprint to transform your portfolio and your life. And the best part, it's absolutely free. That's right. Free sauce for everyone. What did Oprah say again? You get some sauce. You get some sauce. You get some sauce. <laughs> so go ahead. Grab a spoon and don't be selfish. Share and like so everyone can enjoy the wealth-building goodness. So who's your guest today? This is a man who's built more than just jets and planes. He's built dreams. Introducing Philippe Schulligan, co-founder of Boost Capital Group, a firm dedicated to helping families boost and preserve their capital through passive real estate investments. From a single-family home, moving all the way from France, to a whopping 3,000-unit multifamily portfolio. He's the embodiment of Vivre-le-Rivé. His journey from a business and military aircraft industry job to managing a $290 million portfolio is as intriguing as it is inspiring. Philippe and I actually met at the Atlanta Commercial Real Estate Network, which he's the co-founder So buckle up, listeners, as we dive into this fascinating journey of Philippe's incredible transition from engineer to real estate mogul. Oh, and don't forget, next week we'll be chatting with another engineering marvel who's built a $165 million portfolio while balancing a full-time job. If you thought juggling was just for clowns, (laughs) wait until you meet this guy. Until then, keep sharing, keep liking, and keep building that passive income one investment at a time. Here we are with Philippe from Boost Capital. I would love if you could tell us a little background about yourself with regards to your career in engineering before you started investing in commercial real estate.
0: Sure. Uh, yeah, thank you for having me today on, on, on your show. Excited to be here. Uh, so my background is uh, I uh, have a master's degree in engineering uh, from in France, where I was born and raised. And I came to the U.S. uh, more than 20 years ago. And I spent most of my career was in aviation, in the military and business jets. And I, there in in the, actually working for a single company uh, that had a subsidiary in the U.S., that's how I came here. And I was doing, I started in IT doing development, project management. Uh, eventually, I switched on, on the business side in the uh, post-sale uh, slash specification of uh, Business Jets Interiors. Uh, and I was based in uh, in New Jersey. Uh, and I did that for you know, some time, yeah. Total uh, over 20 years, uh, 25 years almost. Uh, yeah, that's my background prior to, to doing real estate. So it's really interesting because I also had an
2: aerospace background. So I had worked in fighter jets and then also had a HVAC background and also automotive. So I'm curious, what triggered your interest in real estate investing? Was there a specific event or realization that made you consider this path?
0: Yeah, it's. I think it's a combination of things, and uh, I think as uh, as I was, I was always interested in trying to have a side activity that could generate additional income. Uh, and for a long time, I was trying investing in stocks and let's say let's call it more trading on different time frames and so on. And uh, interestingly enough. During that time, frame, I tried in, in, in investing via trading stocks and futures and Forex and so on. The market was really tough. And so it was hard to to make consistent profits. And I tried that several times and including one time I did algorithmic uh, trading as well. I was re- researching oh, and I spent a lot of time. And I know one year I, I made some money, it was very satisfying. But then it's, <clears throat> there's a lot of mindset and I took a risk that I shouldn't have the next year. So when I went and I paused again and finally I came, I'm like, yeah, I want to. And at that point in, in life, I'd like to try again to do some side activity that could result in making some money. And uh, I came across real estate investing, you know, which I was interested for a while, but I wasn't. When I read "Rich Dad Poor Dad" from Robert Kiyosaki, but uh, I didn't research it at that point, and I was at the end of 2016, really. And uh, so my introduction to real estate was uh, going on bigger pockets you know, and listening to their podcast as well, and joining to the community and reading threads uh, on different topics. And uh, yeah, and that's how I became familiar with the different activities. Yeah, I also joined a meetup. Uh, at that point, somebody had a meetup on fix and flips and uh, just trying like, to learn the different uh, ways to make money in real estate at that point. And at that particular instant, I came to the conclusion because I had my, my W2 engineering job, management job at that point. Um, I, it's It was the best path for me forward at that point was to buy a, a turnkey single family, which means that you have somebody who fix, doing, is doing fix and flips, but they also offer a uh, property management. And then you can buy this property for them and then they would manage it uh, for you. So it's like really turnkey and then basically you're uh, getting income. So that's how I started. So what is your current portfolio? Oh, you're going from yeah, the very beginning to current portfolio. My, my current portfolio, I'm involved in different capacity in over 3,000 units. And that range from passive investor to active general partner. And also, uh, I more recently started a fund uh, last year. Uh, so I'm also a fund manager. So it d- depends. Have, you know, obviously we're looking at, uh, so it's mostly, uh, yeah, most of the deals I'm involved in it's, uh, are multifamily. But we, have, we are also, via the fund, we're trying to offer additional opportunities to our investors. So you were working
2: as an engineer was looking for other ways to make income. Started with, the stock market what i like to call the stock market roller coaster ups and downs right. and then you got into a single family home and now from your what you're saying you have a portfolio that is almost over 3000 units so how did you go from person working with one single family home to now 1000 units over 1000 units that you are a part of
0: I uh, go step by step. I came when I purchased my first single family, or actually when I was in the process of purchasing uh, that single family, I came to, to realize very quickly that the scaling would be slow. And I was trying to look at something else. <clears throat> so how can I scale that side activity? Uh, and I came across the multifamilies, And, and I'm talking about commercial multifamily. And the concept of syndications, which is grouping or having multiple investors put the, pull their money together and, and purchase a larger asset. And because of the sheer scale of buying multifamily or you know, hundred units, for instance, now your cost of managing is going to be lower, th- these units. The cost of materials and renovations is going to be lower. So you have all these numbers. Plus, when you you have a small portfolio of single family, uh, let's say you have five units in your portfolio, one vacancy for two months because somebody like it's not paying their rent, you have to do an eviction. You know, like worst case scenario, and that's twenty. Yeah, twenty percent of vacancy. Right, so with multifamily, it's much. It's uh, you avoid that type of problem, and that's. Uh, I came progressively to realize and accept that and pursue that. So I took a course. Uh, learning to buy multifamily and uh, it was a different time frame. So now we're talking about 2017 and I was very lucky, I think, to be able to find a deal relatively quickly after I started and I, and I closed on my first deal, uh, 80 units in Memphis, Tennessee uh, towards the end of 2017. So that was, that's how I started. And one thing led to the next. Uh, I did uh, my second deal was 168 units in Memphis as well. Then I was in the role of a mentor. So I helped somebody acquire 40 units in Birmingham, Alabama. And uh, one thing led to the next. I had the opportunity to join various deals along the way uh, in different roles, uh, sometimes more focused on, on, on raising money. Uh, sometimes more was active, you no know, asset manager, or et cetera. And um, that's, how, that's how I built my portfolio slowly but surely since then. So, from that
2: first property, single family, to an eight unit, to a unit that is over a 100. So, clearly, there's not a linear path, but it's been exponential, right? That exponential growth. Another thing that I'm really curious about is so, with that first deal, a eight unit. How was
0: that set up? How yeah, did you it's set a- that up? 80 units, eight zero. Eight, oh, oh, my. 80 units, not. not, not okay, eight. okay. Okay. 80. All right. Uh, yeah, it was a syndication
2: indeed. Yes. Okay. So then, did you, your, with your first deal, did you start passively investing or you hopped right in as a GP? No, I was,
0: I was co GP. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, uh, yeah, I went directly from. Uh, passive on single family, basically the Tonki, to active on, well, I think, a good size multifamily. So there was no, it was a yeah, very, very abrupt change. But again, I think with the, I think the, I took a course, then I had a mentor. And actually my, myself, I'm doing mentoring these days. And I think it was like a key to my success to, to be able to go faster for higher unit count. Yeah, definitely. So then are you...
2: So you're currently working in real estate full-time. That's, what That's you're doing right. That's right,
0: since uh, 2020. Okay.
2: At the end of 2020. So were there any initial hesitations that you had before transitioning
0: from your secure job, W-2 job into real estate investing? It's interesting that you mentioned secure because I think the... There's a fallacy, I know. unless you work for the government, maybe, uh, I'm not sure any W2 is secured and there's a risk uh, to be laid you know, There's like the economic downturn that can happen. Uh, and uh, actually myself, I, you know, I was pushed a little faster than what I was expecting towards doing multifamily full time because the pandemic downturn and there was less demand in aviation and some layoffs after even though i was a loyal employee for over 20 years and middle management that didn't count so i had the opportunity was like as i said it was a little bit faster than expected but i took i had enough momentum at that point to to say yeah let's let's give it a chance and uh, so far, so looking wood. Oh, yeah. And you clearly made that bet on exactly. yourself.
2: I'd love to know about the moment when you made your first real estate investment. Like, How did it feel stepping into
0: this new arena to be like, hey, I'm a real estate investor? Uh, I guess it was the single family turnkey. And uh, I think it was interesting. I, took, I was very methodical about uh, how I approached it. First, I learned about my options you know it's like well is it i'm going am i going to do fix and flip or wholesaling or turnkey so i picked the best path for me at that time then i went to uh, select i selected different markets and i went to visit those markets and meet with turnkey providers uh, and then i find something that i like and i purchase it so it's really, i wasn't It was obviously a little bit exciting to be an owner and so on. But the process was very methodical. It was, uh, I think it felt good to, it was a step in the right direction. And then when you have the the income uh, coming in, that's now its proof. I'm like, why did I waste so much time? Like with these stocks and this is, it's much more something that uh, there's results. Uh, But, you know, it's like the short term and after you realize uh, anything of that nature, or, you know, I think that's something I tell, I say often to my students, you have to realize that you're embracing a new career, right? You're doing something new, so you have to learn. So it's going to take time to to learn. It's going to take time just to, to do, you know, to take care of business as well. So, yeah, that's, uh, I know it's probably a longer answer than you expected, but that's how it right. felt. Yeah, that's how, uh, that's how it went.
2: Now, with that, as you're saying, this is a new career, something that you have to learn. And with the amount of years that you've been investing in real estate, starting with one and now your current portfolio, I would love to know about one of the most challenging deals or situations you've had to handle and how are you able to navigate that?
0: Yeah. I think that happens. Challenging situations, they happen regularly and I think that's where it's important to to have a good, uh, I would say, network of mentors or people to discuss uh, the situation with. And the most challenging, uh, we, were, we went after a larger deal. I think it was uh, maybe in 2018, at the end of 2018. And uh, and it was I think it was uh, such a uh, 200 plus units, but class A, so like a little more on, on the more expensive side. Uh, and I think our capacity to raise well, my, my partner and I at the time and the other people we had in our network, so our capacity to bring money to the table, the down payment, it was such that we we cried out help from uh, Pref equity meaning that it's a, it's going to be like more institutional money coming in and coming after the lender in a kind of a second position. And uh, we worked, we looked for uh, a partner and we found a partner and uh, except the partners at the last minute kind of bailed out. And uh, so they didn't have any strong commitment. And now we were, we didn't, and I think we were, I think we, I would argue that we are not advised well because we we're not in a super strong position. We didn't have a backup plan at that point. And uh, so we ended up losing honest money in in that deal. And at that particular point, because we're going towards closing, we, it was a large, larger amount of money. So no investor's money was lost. It was just our own capital. And I think it's, again, it goes back to, uh, make sure that have, you have the proper advice and in that type of situation because it was a new scenario for us a, as well, including for a lot of people around us. So it was hard to, yeah, we took, I think we took too much risk in that particular context. And the, best, I think the takeaway, because the business plan was sound. It's just that particular situation. We didn't have all the fail-safes, fail-safes that, that we should have had. So,
2: for our listeners who may not necessarily know what is the, who may not really necessarily understand what the earnest money is, can you explain what earnest money is and how much is how much of that earnest money is it that
0: you had lost? So, uh, earnest money is when you enter a purchase and sell agreement with a seller or contract, in short, you're going. It's like when you purchase a, a home, you're going to put some money. Down toward uh, to show you that you're in good faith committing that money to, into the deal. And uh, now, in commercial real estate, when you put that money, there are some terms. And at some point, either that money becomes hard day one, meaning that if you don't close, the seller would keep it, or it could be at a later time frame, which could be at the end of due diligence, for instance. And uh, Yeah, so I think in a nutshell, that's what honest money could be deployed and become hard or non-refundable at different time frames of the acquisition. Uh, In that particular deal, yes, it was like six six figures. It was six figures that we, you know, it can add up quickly. So what is the
2: learning that you were able to get from that with regards to, hey, now when you are looking at new properties and getting into that due diligence so that you don't make that same mistake.
0: Yeah. I think the, the takeaway is really uh, go with scenarios and our business plans. I would say that uh, you have experience running so either yourself or your mentors or some of the partners. Uh, and so that's one, you know, it's, it's like somebody, somebody must have had that experience in your, on your team of uh, running that, that business plan because if you don't, that's why you take the risk because it's like, you don't know what you don't know at that point. And mm-hmm. so that's one thing. The other more, maybe more, so bring, have somebody with the, the required experience on the team. And I would say the number two thing, like for, if you really, you still want to explore the, the, that type of scenario is like you must have a backup plan. This is very important. And even though, and that's something we had worked on, trying to have something with that particular street, but we were forced and cornered and pushed uh, towards eventually not being able to close. Yeah, backup plan. That's my number one recommendation for anyone. Always have either if... You raise uh, money for a deal, or you work with a lender, or you work with property manager. It could be anybody that is crucial for the deal to, to go forward. You have to consider what's your backup plan uh, for any of these partners. Yeah.
2: And so for the two of us, we met at the Atlanta Commercial Real Estate Meetup. Right. Which is a meetup that you founded. I would love to understand... What motivated
0: you to create this meetup and what's the goal for it? Oh, well, that's a great question. Yeah, thank you for asking the the yeah, so I'm co-founder of the Atlanta Commercial Real Estate Network or Akron. You can find us on uh, meetup.com. And if you type Akron, you, you should be able to find us. And we have our monthly meetup actually tomorrow for the month of May it will be on the 16th but otherwise it's the third Tuesday uh, of the month and uh our goal is to bring together people who are interested in investing in commercial real estate uh you know with, within uh, among all the co-founders I think we have, uh over 50 million dollars of real estate amongst all of us and uh, no, actually, I'm one one digit off. It's 500. You know, we are involved. We, we are we were four co-founders, and now we have three active uh, co-founders. And uh, again, you want to bring people together. Did interested in investing uh, in commercial real estate, whether it's multifamily, or uh, it could be self-storage. Uh, I know there's a gentleman is doing industrial commercial real estate. Real estate uh, as well as and we have vendors coming we have brokers coming to our event we have uh investors obviously and uh yeah and, and also we have we give an opportunity for people to share their their haves and wants through through the meetup so if they have a deal that they want to share with the others or just introduce themselves we have during our meetup and um, yeah it's a good it's a great little event that we have on a monthly basis yeah awesome i can attest to that i've been
2: going for the past three months, I believe. And it's definitely been a game changer, connecting with so many like-minded individuals. And what has been your most rewarding investment or achievement in your real estate career so far?
0: Yeah, that's uh, another great question. I think that was, so far it was uh, it was my second deal, uh, which was 168 units in Memphis, Tennessee. And uh, you know, I think we purchased it for uh, about twenty five thousand dollars dollars per door, dollar, and uh, we sold it for over uh, fifty thousand dollars a dollar. And uh, the returns for the investors they were they were like much much higher than uh, what we we were hoping for. So that's the good news. And it was a question of, of timing, because. I think we sold. Uh, we sold it last year. No, I'm trying to. That must have been 2021 now. Yeah, we sold it early 2021. It was really like the peak of the market, before the interest rates went higher. Oh, they were like just. I think uh, the Fed just started to raise rates, and uh, yeah, we closed in April. Uh, that year, it was, we had purchased that, that property back in uh, 2018. Oh, and I think we, we probably owned it for about three three years at that point. Uh, and we, we achieved close to four times uh, the initial investment for investors. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that was great success uh, for us. It's like it happens once in a while. It's not, I wouldn't say it's typical by any, any mean, but um, yeah. Yeah, speaking of under promise, over deliver. Oh. Yeah, yeah. That's that was. Uh, no, very, very happy about that deal. Very happy. It's uh, no, I think I think sometimes. Oh yeah, you have to. And I guess it was interesting because particularly, uh, I, I, it was challenging to to. It was an eventful. I could do a whole spend a whole hour about like how did that deal came together, and uh, my my. Partners in that deal at some point, they were not, they were like, yeah, that deal does not, we're not interested. We don't think the deal will perform because there There were like a few parameters that changed and particularly had a, a lender that gave us numbers that changed down the road because a mistake was made on their end. Um, so like the proceeds of how much money we are going to get and what interest rate we are not going to be the same, so like the deal didn't work in a nutshell anymore. But it was month by month, it was getting better, and I was telling my partners uh, I was still relatively new, at the beginning of my career, and uh, yeah, eventually I convinced them, and uh, we we entered the deal, and it was uh, and it went well. It went well. So now,
2: as a successful engineer turned real estate investor, what insights or lessons have you gained that you'd like to share with the audience who are looking to potentially follow a similar path?
0: Yeah. So insights, I think it's, uh, I would say my, it's, I would start with the beginning and go back to your You know, what's the motivation? So why why are you doing this? To put yourself in the right mindset. Why do you want to start investing in real estate? Why is it something, uh, as we discussed earlier, you, are embracing a new career. So you have, you're you're going to, if you have an engineering background, and unless you're in, in, in real estate engineering, there's probably a lot of things that you'll have to learn. And that's going to require a lot of efforts. And from that standpoint, you need to be in the right mindset to be able to, to spend the required time. So I would say uh, one one of the deciding things for me, it was the realization of being in the rat race that's described by uh, Robert Kiyosaki in Rich Dad, Poor Dad, or the... the Another book that I like to mention too is uh, The Millionaire Next Door by Thomas Stanley. I think it goes a little bit further to explain what it is and what it means to be in in that rat race and the difference between the balance sheet affluent people and income affluent people, right? So sometimes, yeah, you have high income if you're spending it. As as quickly as you get the money, you know, at the end of the day, you're in your bank account, you don't have a lot of money, in other words. Right? And that's the concept of the rat race. When you start understanding that, you know, you're, 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 what it means to have money and to be really rich, and what it means to, to be rich, to have a larger balance sheet, now I think it makes sense to to uh, Or at least for me, that was the path. But to try to ma- to do some extra activity to to increase my balance sheet and for my and my family, right? So that's one. That's the mindset. Why are you doing this? Do you have the right why? Do you do you want to take a? It could be just taking a vacation, for instance, on yearly basis, on additional vacation, right? Uh, yeah, that's, that's that's the key. That's the number one thing, you know, I would say is a way to start with the right why. why. And, and then because, and that's also like the way I approach things. I want to go step by step. And so first I would get informed about how to do things. And then, uh, then you can try, to try yourself and see if you like it or you don't, right? Because uh, you may end up the theory, but pra- practically, it's it's too could be not as appealing when once you start doing it. Yeah, that's those are my my, my takeaway. I think, I think as a engineer, I think people listening to your to your podcast uh, here uh, is they will have the right uh, analytical skills to use for performing the job after the real estate analysis and so on and business plan. Uh, drafting and execution. I'm convinced that uh, it's something that will come easy for people with an engineering background. Oh,
2: yep. I agree. Definitely. 100%. Thanks for that in-depth answer. And for our last part of the interview, it's what we call the rapid blueprint. So it's five questions that we ask to every single guest. And something tells me I know the answer to the first question.
0: So what's one book every engineer-turned-investor should read? So I'll answer with two because I think the one, if you've never read it, is definitely Rich Dad Poor Dad from Robert Kiyosaki. But then if you have read it, I'll give you another one, and it's called The Millionaire Next Door by uh, Thomas Stanley. It goes much beyond the uh, some of the concepts that are in Rich Dad Poor Dad and I think also the mindsets. Uh, to become the millionaire next door. So you know, I think it's very, it's a very important book for me. Okay. And secondly, what do people misunderstand about you most? I think I like to, uh, and that's true for both from my prior career in, in, in being an engineer and uh, and manager, and then my career in real estate. I think the success of working on different projects, it, it comes. By building relationships and be with others, and understand what their skills are, understand their goals, uh, and sometimes it takes a long time to to build these relationships. I would like I like to take the required time to build those relationships because I think it's it's an investment into future success. And and again, sometimes it takes time. So I think that it could be mis- misunderstood some when you're supposed to deliver on, on some uh, goals and so on. Okay. And what's one piece of advice
2: that you'd give to engineers who are hesitant to make that leap into real estate investing?
0: I think it's uh, it's really important for people to understand the difference between high income and high net worth. It's so easy to be stuck in... Again, the rat race and spending as as soon as you're getting the your income uh build your uh savings, your bank account, your investments moreover and and once and I think once that clicks, then people are becoming investors in real estate you know I think that's the number one thing to to realize I'm sure if people listen are listening to your podcasts and they're already there yeah and then for you. Where do you see
2: your real estate investment journey taking you in the next five years?
0: Yeah, that's uh, it's something as I mentioned earlier. We just uh, created a fund last year for to expand our opportunities to to invest in different deals in different capacities and also offer different opportunities to our investors. Number one, continue to grow, boost Capital Group or company. And our goal is to uh, offer two to four deals every year in within our fund, and also uh, in five years, I think our plan is to be able to raise five million dollars every year. So step by step, we're doing we're doing that, and also just like an additional note on our fund is like, we, our fund is a C pref, so it's a customizable. Um, private equity real estate uh, fund. Uh, it allows people to invest in the deals that they, they want in, uh, so they can select individual deals.
2: And lastly, in just three steps, can you outline a simple blueprint for engineers who want to start their journey in real estate investing?
0: Yeah, and I think the focus there is like how to start. And so first I would say, be, be in the right mindset and understand why you're doing, uh, why do you want to invest, because it's a long-term it's a long uh, effort and there will be highs and lows. So it's important to understand your why and uh, make it clear to yourself so you can have a long-term goal and stick to it, even if you don't look active. Uh, then second step is learn as much as you can about what you want to do. And for me, I, it just started with bigger pockets. But after, there are many courses, there are many books, there are many opportunities, conferences, etc. that you can attend and other meetups. Uh, learn as, as much as you can. And eventually, we have to define the time frame for that because I would say the last step, the third step, is you have to try to do it yourself. So whatever you select is the best path for you. Just uh, take some action and do some deals. All right. Thank you. Thank you.
2: Thank you again for coming on to the Engineers That Invest podcast today. If our audience wants to learn more about you, learn about your company, the
0: fund that you have, mentorship, how can they reach out to you? Yes, they can Go to our website. It's boostmycapital.com. B-O-S-T-M-Y-C-A-P-I-T-A-L.com. Uh, or also, uh, yeah, so that's to learn about our company, about our fund, etc. And you know, otherwise people can email me at my email address is uh, philippe, so it's P-H-I-L-I-P-E, at boostmycapital.com.
2: All right. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you again for coming on to the Engineers That Invest podcast. And I will definitely catch you at the next Akron meetup.
1: You've been listening to Engineers That Invest. If you're an engineer or other busy professional, and you want to learn how to build passive income, this show teaches you how through real estate investments. We'll give you all the tips and tools you need to retire on your own terms and spend more time with your families. We hope you've enjoyed the show, and we hope we've helped empower you to take control of your financial future. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to like, rate, and review, and we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, you can get our free guide on passive income through multifamily investing at engineersthatinvest.com and follow on Instagram at Opportunity Partners. See you next time on Engineers That Invest.